0: Welcome to Nighttime. I'm Dave Wager, your host. For the next half hour, we hope to talk calmly about things that we could agree or disagree on. The goal isn't that you agree with me, but the goal is that you learn what God has to say and agree with Him, or you're wrong. And I'm wrong if I don't agree with God. See, God doesn't need to be agreed with to be right. He doesn't need to have our vote. He doesn't need to take a poll. God is always right 100% of the time. He's different than you and I. There's some that don't believe in God. Well, then go believe in whatever you want to and see how that serves you. And in the end, you will regret ignoring God because in the beginning, God, not your name, but His and he created the universe, he created everything around us. It would be wise for us to go and look at how he created it and live in the context of the creation. Well, I'm Dave Wager, I'm coming to you from the studios here at Silver Birch Ranch on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute. I always welcome you to go check those websites out and see if we can serve you and your family on these grounds today I was thinking about the different world philosophies that have emerged through the years and how man apart from God starts to believe things that sound pretty crazy at times so I thought I'd just read through some of the philosophies and comment on them and the very first one I went back to one of my favorite websites got and I encourage all of you to have a little bookmark on your computer and go to gotquestions.org when you have a question and type it in there and see what they say i enjoy those bible scholars i enjoy how they write things up and try and give us some answers to some difficult questions Um, we are not associated with gotquestions.org at all and um, so i'm just encouraging you to go use their product uh, their ministry uh, when you have a question and teach the students around you to do the same, I think they'll be better off if they use that website. One of the early philosophies that uh, I want to talk about is idealism. Idealism is a philosophy movement, if you want to call it, prominent in the 18th and 19th centuries that considered reality a mental in nature, in other words, in the mind. It's a philosophy that stresses the importance of the ideal in interpreting your experiences. In this view, reality is just a mental construct, and there are no fundamental beliefs. Idealism says the existence of anything is dependent on the mind. While this belief doesn't sound too crazy in theory, trying to put it into practice causes a paradox. If reality is just a mental construct, how do multiple people exist together with different ideas of reality? An interesting question. GotQuestions.org says, in a popular culture, an idealist is generally defined as a person who sees the world as it could be, rather than as it currently exists. An idealist is full of hope, even to the point of impracticality. Don Quixote was an idealist. However, that definition has little to do with idealism as a philosophy. Idealism, for the purpose of this article, is the belief that reality is fundamentally a mental concept. In this worldview, everything knowable is composed of the mind or spirit, and reality is defined by one's self consciousness. Various philosophers have taught idealism through history, including Plato. The major biblical concern regarding idealism is the emphasis it places on the mind. We should note here that some idealists are also theists. They believe that God's mind is what defines reality. However, according to the atheistic idealism, the human mind is sole authority and basis for all reality. There is no universe for our minds to discover. Rather, our minds determine what is real. Awareness creates existence. This contradicts the opening words in Scripture, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Genesis 1.1 There was a reality before the human mind. A second biblical concern is that idealism downplays the importance of God's revelation to humanity. If reality is what our mind creates, what role does God's revealed word play? Is the Bible simply the reality of someone's mind in the past generation that helps shape the reality of our minds today? If so, then Scripture's importance and impact are negligible. Scripture is perfect and true. Psalm 18.30 teaches this God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for all those who take refuge in him. Both God and his words are true. This is why Paul wrote in Scripture that it is God-breathed, 2 Timothy 3.16. God and his word are real and distinct from the human mind. They are not constructs of human intellect. A third biblical concern is that aesthetic idealism conflicts with God's transcendence. If God is creator of all, above all, and knows all, then reality is much more than our minds can comprehend or conceive. God exists whether or not we are aware of him. The idealistic view that the human mind conceives reality puts a human limitation on truth and denies the fact of a supernatural God. Ultimately, our reality is not based on what our mind produces, but on what God has made. He has created us, sustains us, and gives us life and strength. In Him we live and move and have our being. Acts 17.28 Our goal is not to create our own reality, but to better understand the reality that God has made. Once again, I was reading from gotquestions.org and just talking about the philosophy that existed and exists today on idealism. A lot of times we try and understand things from our own perspective. And if you listen to the last nighttime broadcast, you realize that I pounded perspective pretty good. I wanted us to understand once again that people, all people, myself included, have perspective. But God doesn't. God sees things exactly the way they are. And if we want to know truth, we need to go to Him and not sit in thought groups and try and make it up ourselves. We can understand things, but we are totally capable of understanding something that's not true. And in our minds, we think it is true just because it makes sense to us. It doesn't need to make sense to us. God is way beyond our mind because we were created by God. We did not create God. Therefore, any time we come and say, this doesn't make sense to me, it doesn't really matter as it could still be valid because God is the one that determines what truth is, not us. Another philosophy is Hegelism. Hegelinism. I may mispronounce some of these because... I'm Dave. A specific branch of idealism known for its obscurities is Hegel, Hegelianism, <laughs> invented by a German philosopher, George Wilhelm Friedrich Hegel. This uh, philosophy is German idealism. The philosophy is famous for being challenging to understand with obscure phrases, and it focuses on logic. A dominant idea is that rationality is the key to reality. This is what Hegel meant when he said, the rational alone is real. Today, the philosophy isn't particularly popular. After Hegel passed away in 1831, German idealism also faded away. You know, the only time truth ever fades away is when we ignore it. There is truth. And if we ignore truth, there's going to be a void in our life and it'll be filled with something. You want to be significant in life? You need to understand the truth that God created you and loves you and wants to spend eternity with you. That while you were still sinful, he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for you. You you understand this truth and all of a sudden God's mercy and his grace are very important to you. But if you're going to ignore that, you're going to have to come up with a different philosophy of life. I don't need to come up with a philosophy of life because I can go to the scriptures and I can focus on what God has said and put myself in the context of that reality. That's important to be able to do. Another theory of philosophical theory is the theory of innate ideas by Rene Descartes. One of the ways we learn, according to him, is from experience, and that's true. According to the theory of innate ideas, the human mind is also born with ideas. Innate ideas include the idea of God, infinity, and substance. Some believe that uh, these ideas were innate because of the experience alone cannot explain them. The theory of innate ideas flourished in the 17th century with Rene Descartes' philosophy. However, this theory raises important questions such as, if the idea of God is innate, why isn't everybody religious? Romans one eighteen and 19 tells us something. It says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it. To them. It's interesting here that we're told that God has created the universe. He has created it in a way where if we pay attention to things, we realize that it is created. If we want to push that out of our minds, we can do that. But that's suppressing the truth. There's no way that anyone can look at anything right now and say it's not created pick up anything on your desk if you're at a desk or whatever you're doing right now if you pick up a pad of paper you know it was created you know it was designed you know it was put together you know somebody put the little glue at the top to hold the pages together I'm looking at a picture on a wall it's created I'm in a studio where there's foam around to try and catch some of the errant sound waves those were created I don't know who created them, but they have little bumps in them, and I'm sure they were designed, and Nat just accidentally flew over to the studio. You see, when we look at the world around us, we look at the universe, we look at the galaxies, we'd be foolish to think it wasn't created. We don't believe that about a pen. How could we do that about a universe? there is thoughts in our head and certainly god started in the universe with adam and eve as the first people he gave them a choice and they could actually listen to god or ignore god because there's this thing called love that he gave us man is a unique creation of god And there's no doubt that he's put eternity in our hearts in Ecclesiastes 3 and 11. 3 verse 11 says, there's no doubt that we understand certain things innately because they make sense. They're logical. When you see a baby born and you see how helpless they are, it makes sense to take care of them. See, we know that. We look at them because we were made to love. And love always takes care of those who can't take care of themselves. That's what love does. That's what God did for us at the cross. Another philosophy, hylozoism. I probably mispronounced that. H-Y-L-O-Z-O-I-S-M. Here's what this philosophy says. It says, even the stones and the grass are alive. It's a philosophy that believes everything from stones to grass are alive. These are different variations of the philosophy. Some believe everything has a soul or a similar idea. Hylozoism differs from similar philosophies, such as PAMPSYCHISM. I'm not even going to try and pronounce that, which gives us some, I'll spell it for you P A N P S Y C H I S M which gives some form of consciousness to all matter. Throughout history, the idea that nature has a soul or spirit has become common. However, many people would find it hard to believe that a rock has a soul. You know, I look around and I see great lessons in nature. Obviously, God created us and obviously he had a, a tremendously creative mind. Plants are alive. There has to be some definition, and they do. They take up nutrients, and they, they live, and they give up fruit, and they're, they're alive. And many years ago, I realized that the only reason I'm alive is because I kill something that was alive. And when I kill something that's alive, I get to stay alive. So I could kill a, an apple by picking it off the tree. It no longer has the nutrients. It'll now start to rot. But as I eat that apple, the nutrients that the tree provided for that apple now become nutrients for me to stay alive. Likewise with beef or venison or anything else that I eat, something had to die for me to live. Likewise, Jesus died so that I could live. That's important for us to understand. We don't want to minimize things by thinking that every rock has a soul. I know I can go through the Bible and we can think, well, how does the the water, when Jesus walks on it, listen to him? How do the rocks listen to him? How, How does the wind listen to God? I don't know. I know that God is the creator and sustainer of all things, so it does listen to him. But I don't need to know how. I know also that I was made differently, that God created me, and he created me a male, and he created females, and he made us in his image. He didn't do that with a rock, or a tree, or a baboon. He did that with mankind. And man came from the dust of the ground, and he breathed into us a breath of life. And woman came from man. John fifteen four and 5 says, Remain in me, I, as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine." Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Our life, our purpose, the fruit of our life, it comes from God. That's not said about rocks or trees or anything else. John 1, 3, God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. He created it all. But he made mankind special, Genesis 1.27. So God created man in his own image. See, that's different than everything else. In his image of God, he created a Male and female, he created them. There should be no questions, no confusion on that. Nehemiah 9.6 says, You alone are Lord. You have made the heavens, the heaven of heavens with all their host, the earth and all that is on it. The seas and all that is in them, you give life to all of them. And the heavenly host bows down before you. God does give him life here on earth. Those who have life, that which has life. He created and he sustains all things. What he's going to do with rocks and how they listen to him, I don't know. But we'll let God take care of that. Another philosophy is ethical egoism. Ethical egoism is a philosophy that says the your own best interest is how you make decisions. In this view, our actions are right as long as they advance our self-interest. This moral philosophy is similar to psychological egoism, which is the idea that self-interest motivates human action. One advantage to ethical egoism is that it avoids the problem of having to choose between self-interest and another morality. However, the theory can result in actions we don't typically associate with moral choice. For example, according to the theory, it might be okay to steal money since it's serving your own interest. But that's still illegal and wrong, and we're told not to steal. It's not about us. It's about God. Everything in my life needs to be about God. If I understand what life is about, I understand that every single day of my life, I need to be getting better at showing people who God is, not showing people who Dave is. John had that in, in John three thirty. He must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. It isn't about me. It isn't about my comfort. It isn't about people liking me or, or wanting me around. Galatians 2 20 to 21 talks about I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live but Christ lives in me. That's not egoism. That isn't saying I make decisions about me and what's best for me. I make decisions that are best not best for me. The life I now live in the body I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God for if righteousness could be gained through the law Christ died for nothing that's galatians 2:20 20 and 21 1 corinthians 15:31 i protest by rejoicing which i have in christ jesus our lord i die daily i protest by your rejoicing which i have in christ jesus our lord i die daily i die daily that's opposite of egoism galatians 5:24 and 25 Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Another old philosophy is anarcho-primitivism, tribe of hunter-gatherers. It basically talks about us becoming more hunter-gatherers and rather than anything else. Both its political and ethical movement is a critique contending that civilizations drive us away from each other and nature. Civilizations drive us away from each other and nature. So we need to get rid of civilization. I don't know. God seemed to give us great direction as far as structure of government. When you look through the Old Testament, you see how much detail God put into the 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 structure of the children of Israel. And in Romans 13, 1 and 2, it says, Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. Once again, it's the idea that the world is the way I see it, my perspective. And here's how I see it. If we want to understand the world, we don't start with me. We start with God. When I start with me, it's going to be skewed. It's going to be full of perspective. It's going to be full of Dave Wager, who grew up in the United States of America in a Midwestern town all of his life. It's going to be full of him. And I might see things incorrectly. Oh, it's not that what I see is totally 100% wrong, but it doesn't need to be 100% wrong for me to get off track. If I'm traveling somewhere and I'm using a compass, I don't need to be 40 degrees off to be lost. I can be one degree off and be lost. Another philosophy is called trivialism. And trivialism is one of the goofiest philosophies to me that I've ever read about. It believes that everything is true. I don't even want to spend time on that. Everything's not true. But trivialism is a theory in logic that says all statements are true and all contradictions are true. I, I don't know how anyone can consider them a philosopher when they believe contradictory statements can be true. But a trivialist... Trivialist is someone who believes everything is true. The philosophy also emphasizes that everything is uniquely true and assertions can equally be true to each other. This theory is completely opposite of skepticism, which questions the existence of everything. The theory is paradoxical in one sense, since it states that all statements, even ones that contradict each other, are true. I think if you believe that you have a problem there are mutually exclusive statements that cannot both be true I can say things like you cannot breathe without a, uh, an apparatus underwater you need to have air to go into your lungs and you might say and then i might say but if you want to go sit at the bottom of the lake and breathe water go ahead both of those statements can't be true and you'll find out which one is. That's the funny thing about truth. Truth has a way of demonstrating itself eventually. I remember I would talk to some people who are very religious and I was asking them questions. And they really, they may not have used this word for their philosophy, but they really believed in it. I would ask them if they believe there's one God, yes. I'd ask them if they believe that... Uh, they need to put their faith in Jesus Christ as their Savior? as their only hope for salvation, and they said yes. I asked them if they needed to be baptized in order to be in God's family. They said yes. I asked them if they were bad people, if they could be in God's family, or if they would end up in heaven or hell, and, and in order to be in God's family, they told me you had to be a good person. I asked them if Going to heaven and being in God's family was dependent upon Jesus Christ again and his blood on the cross alone, and they said yes. I was totally confused. You can't say yes to all those statements and believe it. But then when I was finished talking to them, they said, No, that's what we believe, so it's true. Once again, you can't believe mutually exclusive things. They don't, it doesn't work. Mutually exclusive statements cannot all be true. Uh, there are other philosophies. One of the stranger ones is Bavarian Illuminati. The Bavarian Illuminati was a philosoph- philosophical movement founded in 1776 by Adam Weis. The movement was originally called the Covenant of Perfectibility. The leading idea in the Bavarian Illuminati philosophy is that human nature is perfectible through a series of specific rituals. Perfectible. Now, the Bible tells us in Romans 3.23 that all have sinned. We all fall short. Isaiah 53.6, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. Isaiah 64, 6, We have all become like one who is unclean, and our righteous deeds are like polluted garment. We all fade like a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind will take us away. There's a couple other philosophies that I was reading about that I could mention in passing. There's one that thought that they should worship numbers and harmony, as if numbers and harmony were something you could worship. We made up numbers to understand the world around us and certainly harmony is something that has to be done by a few people. There's another philosophy called the cynic philosophy. The Greek philosopher Diogenes searching for an honest man. His companions were dogs that also served as emblems of his cynic philosophy. <laughs> well, you can read about these all you'd like. There are philosophies probably pages and pages and pages of people's theories about what is true and how to live and what we need to understand but if they don't start with god they're wrong in the beginning god and here's what i found through life in order for you to be okay in life you need to discover truth not create it it's not for you and me to get together and decide what truth is truth is already there and we need to come and discover what it is and then align our lives with it not make up things and then say this is what truth is philosophy based on anything other than the fact that in the beginning god is wrong well i'm dave wager here in the studios at silver birch ranch once again thanking you for spending a half hour hearing me ramble about various philosophies. Good night for now.